Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Now on the line for us, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz. He's a leading constitutional lawyer in the country, Harvard Law School, just a couple of decades there. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Professor Dershowitz. Hey, I missed you because of the Jewish holiday, so I'm glad to be back. Well, we made up, uh, you know, we, we, we take care of the Jews. Yeah, we were praying. We were praying for each other, Alan. Hey, I was. I went to. I went to the synagogue, and who was sitting a couple of rows away from me? Ninety-nine and a half year old Henry Kissinger, one of my heroes. There wow. he was sitting in the synagogue, saying Yisker for his mother and father, memorial prayers for deceased relatives, and. Uh, it was such a thrill for me to see him because I've known him since he was a professor at Harvard. He was a senior professor. I was an assistant professor. And we got to know each other a little bit. And uh, he's one of my real heroes. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, there's so many things happening. So much breaking news today uh, uh, going on. Uh, where do you want to begin? Biden, maybe. Well, let's okay. talk about Biden. Talk about there's Biden. a lot of breaking news on Biden. The Washington Post yeah. and New York Times. Tell well, us. Yeah. Well, first of all, this is going to be a strange counterintuitive point. But if I were Donald Trump, if I were Donald Trump now, I'd be rooting against prosecuting him. Let me tell you what. If they prosecute Biden Jr., it will be much easier for the Justice Department to say, look, we're totally nonpartisan. We can now go after Trump. But if they don't prosecute Biden, Trump has a stronger political cases. Oh, my God. Look at them. They're a bunch of Democrats. They didn't they didn't go after Biden and they're going after me. So it's counterintuitive. But if I were Trump, I would be saying, leave it alone. Professor Ed Cox, you're go, you're assuming that they will go after Trump regardless. Is that right? And it's a question. No, I'm, I'm assuming that they would like to go after Trump. But right now they don't have it right now. They don't have the evidence. It doesn't meet the standards. Neither of the three cases meet the standards. But assuming, you know, they get more evidence or assuming they decide that it did meet the standards, it becomes a lot easier if they have prosecuted the president's son to then prosecute the president's opponent. Can you, um, Professor Dershowitz or Judge Weinberg, can you explain exactly what is the story regarding Hunter Biden for those that don't know? Alan, as you know, the Delaware U.S. attorney has been looking at yeah, tax yeah. issues and they've also been looking at the false filing with respect to the right. to the gun. The drugs. So the it's drugs. very. Yeah. So I understand what you said politically, and I think your point's well taken. The problem is legally they may have him. Good. It's not the yeah, president no. you're talking about. You're talking about the son. No, of course. But, you know, the drugs, the he, he said he didn't use drugs when he applied right. for his gun license. Apparently. They rarely prosecute those kinds of cases, even when it's an open and shut case. In this case, it seems fairly open and shut. I mean, in his own biography, he talks about how he was heavily involved in drugs, apparently during the same period of time where he was stating under oath that he wasn't. So that would seem like an easy case if they want to bring it. 
So you plead it down yeah. to a misdemeanor and you give yeah, him time Yeah, but how about the served? IRS and all the millions of yeah. dollars that yeah. went into that's, his account? That's 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 a real problem, don't you think? And that, yes, and that, those cases are brought. If you cheat on your taxes in that way, you know, they're going to go after you. Of course, the Trump case has been referred to the IRS, too. I've never thought there was anything to the Trump case. He gave a different evaluation of 40 Wall Street than the government has. He said it was worth $500 million. They said it was worth $250 million. The banks don't need prosecutors to help them on that. All they have to do is hire somebody who's an expert, figures out how much per square foot, how many square foot there are. And then he comes back to Trump and says, no, 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 it's not not 500 million, it's 300 million. Well, the Southern District already passed on that case, didn't they? This is James trying again or just trying to make a headline. Now she's, yeah, now she's, yeah. And I don't think she's going to get anywhere, certainly not. It's not a criminal case at this point. But, you know, what what a world we live in when the future candidate for president is being investigated, the son of the current president is being investigated. Where has honesty gone to? You know, how do we how do we have public figures? Now, first of all, you can't blame Biden for his son. Um, my, as my sons always remind me, don't blame the kids for their parents. And the opposite is true, too. So, you know, even if he's guilty, unless there's evidence that money was filtered to the big man, there was some suggestion of that. Uh, it becomes a tragedy for President Biden, but it's not. Um, a legal or probably even a political liability. Yeah, but according yeah. to Bob Alinsky, who's the source for a lot of this this information, uh, the president, as as vice president, was uh, was a participant in this. So it's a lot more than having a bad son. Yeah. Well, there's another investigation that should be going on, and I really strongly believe in this. Obviously, this story was leaked by some prosecutor or some FBI agent or some investigator to the Washington Post and the New York Times. That is a felony. You cannot leak grand jury investigations to the press. And the New York Times publishes it and the Washington Post publishes it. Well, he decided on anonymity because he didn't want to uh, comment on an ongoing investigation. It's a felony That's to correct. leak that kind of information. Speaking of investigations, whatever happened to the leak of the Supreme Court uh, draft went opinion? Nowhere. It went nowhere because they gave it to the marshal's office. The marshal's office, you know, they know how to investigate, you know, people sitting in the wrong seat in the Supreme Court. But the, the only time I, I was ever, ever um, uh, approached by the marshals, I was at an extraordinarily boring case in the Supreme Court, and I began to doze off. And the marshals people came over to me and said, excuse me, professor, but you're not allowed to sleep while arguments are going on. I mean, they're not real law enforcement people in the marshals. They're the nicest people in the world. I like them. I work with them. But they can't get to the So why did they give the marshals service at the Supreme Court that investigation? Because I don't think they were so anxious to get to the bottom of this. I think it would have been much better if they had given it to the FBI, to a special investigator, a special prosecutor. The problem is it's not clear it's actually a crime. Exactly. the worst violation of ethics and obligations. You know, when I clerked on the Supreme Court, my justice called me in and he shook his finger at me and he says, if you ever, ever tell your wife, your children, your mother, anything about this, you're fired that minute. And, you know, we knew that everything was confidential. And even when we spoke in the dining room among ourselves, we always had to look around to make sure nobody was listening. 
doesn't the, a leak from the FBI, if it's grand jury uh, information, is a felony? And that yeah. isn't there. Uh, there's a subpoena issue. There had to be a grand jury. Isn't that right? With respect well, to the to the papers. And so all those leaks with respect to the the raid and the results of it isn't aren't those felonies on uh, as far as the FBI agents who did it? Well, remember with the search, the leak was done, not the leak, but the disclosure was done by Donald Trump. He disclosed the fact that the search warrant had been issued and that he was searched. But, no, you have to look into every newspaper account. Look, we love to read all these stories in the newspapers, but there is there are rules. And particularly grand jury information should never be leaked because it's ex party. It's one side. It presents only the prosecution side of the case. And for that reason... It's improper to leak it. And if, if any, you know, grand juror, by the way, it's so interesting. Grand jurors are allowed to leak it. They never do. But they're allowed to leak it, just like petty jurors are allowed to say anything that went on in the jury room, but you're not allowed to make them say it. So um, it, it's it's an, an interesting rule. Sometimes, you know, the defendants leak the material, but not in this case. In this case with Biden, it's clear that it must have been a prosecutor or an investigator, FBI agent, or somebody like that. And we ought to get to the bottom of it. Alan, there's another couple of issues that are, that are current. Sure. One, you had a decision by federal court saying that DACA was unconstitutional and the, the Obama administration wrongfully uh, got into that process by, uh, by executive order. It was an unconstitutional act. And then now you have Biden, that's one, and now you have Biden pushing to uh, pardon uh, marijuana possessors under the federal law. What do you say about those two issues? Well, I think there's too much executive power. You know, I think the framers of the Constitution was very clear. They wanted all this to be legislative. And the idea of executive power, you know, was invented by the presidents. I mean, the the major uh, inventor was Thomas Jefferson. He gets elected on the promise of a smaller presidency. He's not going to do what Adams and Washington did. It's going to be a smaller presidency. First thing he does is he buys Louisiana without even asking Congress about it. It was a great decision. You know, we love Louisiana. We love Cajun food. I'm glad it's part of the United States. But it was utterly unconstitutional, and that's back in 1800-whatever. 1803. Uh, Yeah, we've seen expansions repeatedly of executive power. Look, you're not supposed to go to war without uh, congressional authorization. When's the last time? You know, just December 7th, 1941 is the last time we declared war. And what about the marijuana decision? Well, again, uh, the executive does have the right to say we don't want to enforce certain laws. Um, that is within the power of the executive. But again, it should be a legislative determination if it's done across the board. Well, that, that's, uh, that's interesting because a lot of people are saying uh, he swore to obey the laws of the border. Now you're saying a, a chief executive doesn't have to obey those laws. A chief executive has completely untrammeled authority to decide which laws to enforce and which laws not. It's not a good thing, but if that's the way our Constitution works, and you know they try, they try to, they try to impeach Andrew Johnson, um, partly for that reason, uh, and it failed. Well, we have. Uh, thank you, uh, Alan Dershowitz. Thank you so much, and God bless you. And and hope I hope you prayed for all of us, and it'll be a happy new year for all of us. I did. I did. I prayed for everybody. Thank, thank you. you so much. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.